Okay, so, hey, welcome to Bro Partisan Hacks. Uh, this is episode eight. We've done eight, eight, eight of these things. I guess that means we've been doing this for two months straight. Um, yeah. I almost, I, I almost canceled on you today. Uh, my, uh, my ear is, is, is kind of in pain, uh, and I, I thought about not doing it. So, again, again, we're here um, against all odds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're working through it man we just put, putting out the content being being content creators so this week there's been a shit ton of things that have happened that we have to talk about um the first thing because it's that's first and foremost on our minds because of where we live uh we live here in texas and texas governor uh, has is removing the mask mandate on Wednesday. Um, so Wednesday the 10th, I believe. Um, is that right? Uh, I thought it was the Yeah, 9th, today's but, yeah. the 7th, so it's the 10th. Wednesday the 10th, he's removing the mask mandate. So... Um, what what are your what are your thoughts? Let me just let's just start there. Um honestly, like I don't I don't really know what the right answer is. And the thing is is that I, I also don't believe that like the scientists really know what the right answer is, and so the the erring on the side of caution versus the taking the risk and opening it all up like the only thing i could say for sure is like it was a bold political move uh cast off by abbott now i think part of it was also the shaming from mr desantis that happened during cpac where he that was like his big shtick like oh come to florida we're doing fine and there's a lot to be said for the fact that the numbers from Florida and the numbers from New York are almost exactly the same. And in fact, New York had more deaths and they locked down harder than almost, than definitely than like, Florida. Like percentage wise or number wise? Uh, I think it's both. It can't be both. There's 20 million more people in New York than there are in Florida. Yeah, like it can't be both. But but New York accounts for like it can be numbers wise, or it can be percentage. As far as as far as like gross numbers, I think New York doesn't that account for like almost thirty percent of all the cases in the states of like know. all cases. I don't I'm know. Of something Google it. In any case, uh, from a principled matter, I don't I don't care about enough about the numbers to look that up and stand by it. The um, the fact is, is that like Laura, Florida was doing fine, and so like I'm personally okay with it. And you know, at work, they basically already told us like, hey, you know, they're removing the mask mandates, but we're still gonna make you wear the masks. And I think there's a lot of places <laughs> around here that are gonna do that anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of what has been going on. Um, and I'm okay with that. Like. Take away the government mandate and let businesses and people make a choice. Yeah. So I think in in Florida and, and the same in Texas, we have a lot of space. Um, and so 
the majority of New York State lives in New York City. Yeah. Right. And so the and I don't you've been to the Northeast. You know how everything like is way more compact. Yeah, you drive like thirty here. minutes and you're you're in a whole another major city. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. it's it's uh, like <laughs> you a lot have to of drive people... two and a half hours to get anywhere. What is this? A lot of people from here don't really like that haven't been there. Like it is it is they are jam packed in. The houses are really close together. Like it's you know, it's not the wide open spaces that we have here. Like um and so and for most of the west and midwest and and further that way. Yeah. I mean like uh, the entirety of the northeast is basically like the entire stretch between Dallas and Fort Worth. Like there's all the little the, the major towns in between it and everything else in Arlington and you got Plano. Right. Like that's the whole northwest. It just looks like that. Right. <laughs> northeast. Northeast. Um, northwest. Yeah, no. Northeast, yeah. So anyway, you sent me this tweet from uh, one, excuse me, Michael Mellis, who said that they're not scared that you're not wearing a mask or else they distance themselves. They're scared that, scared that you're being disobedient. <sighs> so, <laughs> so I, I do think that people like him literally literally only ever think about themselves how they feel how things affect them personally they don't actually or can't process how their actions could affect anyone else because they lack what is widely known as empathy um and in most hardcore right-wing republicans that's a trait that i find uh lacking generally um mm-hmm is empathy. Um, so my intention is to see people in the street <laughs> walking you're, around you're without a mask. You're turning into a robot. Hold on, slow down one sec. Let okay. the internet catch up. Stupid internet. Yeah, I know. Sorry about his picture, ready? too. We're, again, webcamming and all this stuff. So, uh, So yes, you were saying Republicans don't have empathy. My intention is when I see people walking down the street without a mask, I'm going to cross the street and walk on the other sidewalk, like how racists do to black people, <laughs> and just avoid them altogether. Just move. <laughs> um, you know, I just want to be an asshole. Yeah, no, I, I, I gathered that. Um <laughs> There's there's a few things here that's like man I really want to like unpack a few of these and it's 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 like one has to do with with empathy and I I find it interesting well it doesn't really tie into this subject it's just an interesting observation that your your empathy only ever goes in one direction. Uh-huh. And and you you feel a certain way about things, and so you're empathetic towards a certain point of view, and never the other. And I can say what? this for several examples. So I mean, people who you're empathetic towards people who, you know, 
have health, you know, don't have the health care that you think they should have. Mm-hmm. But you have no empathy for me who wants to hang on to more of my tax dollars and the money I work to make. Uh, you're empathetic towards people who fill this narrative or side with the narrative of keeping the mask on and this is actually the answer that that needs to happen to keep everybody safe versus people who want to like resume a normal existence and like go out and live their lives so are they not deserving of any empathy whatsoever okay so these people who disagree with you let's let's talk about that um you want to one hang on to more of your tax dollars as um, an example yes um you got, a, you got a you got a nice house you got two cars you got money in the bank that you can, you can sit on yeah i, I worked my ass off health you got health insurance yeah so you're saying that people that, that can't afford those things don't work their asses off? I didn't say that. I said I worked I, my ass off for my things. I, I understand. And I understand. what I'm saying is um, what I'm you saying is, don't have a right to send men with guns to take it. Who's sending men with guns to take it? That's what taxes, taxes are. That's all taxes. All taxes are men with guns. Right. Men, it's enforced you're by men with right, guns. Right, so you can leave. That's what, that's what y'all love to tell liberals when they don't like things. So if you don't like taxes and you don't like living in a society where we all have things together, then it's, leave. It's There's the idea an that, island you're, that you can go live on your and ideas you can go are and so be by yourself. Good, they have to be mandatory. Your ideas are so good, they have to be mandatory. Every single other country in the United States, or not in the United States, in the world, I'm sorry, every other developed country in the world has universal fucking health care. <laughs> Everyone that's developed that you would want to go live has universal health care. So, yeah, pay more in taxes. I will gladly also pay more in taxes. Happily. I will happily pay 50 cents more for a fucking Big Mac so that I can know that that guy that's selling me said Big Mac, this idiot, whoever it is, selling me a Big Mac can have a roof over their head Mm -hmm. now in talking about that what do you think of this article i sent you here you remember this one the uh the the uh the cnn article with the uh, it's too soon small business owners react to dropping the mask mandate did you read this through this one Hey, your, your camera cleared up, so that's good. Hey, maybe our internet is waking up with us. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> 9 o'clock, your right. internet woke up, finally. So, Trash and Treasures, oh yeah, I read through this. So you read through this, uh, and so, I, I, what did you glean from this? Because I was going to talk about this one in specificity. So... And this is, I, I think we got into this earlier this week, and, and the reality is most most businesses are going to do this. Most businesses want to protect their workers. They want to protect themselves. They're, they're going to make 
their business be um, mask mandatory. Mm-hmm. Um, just like our, uh, you know, most school districts are going to continue the mask mandate through the year. Uh, now, what happens next year? Who knows? Um, I know that there are a couple of private schools that have ended their VLA altogether, um, a virtual learning academy, and they are face to face only. Um, but they also have more space and less students. Mm-hmm. Um, this is in the in the metroplex. Obviously, if you're a if you're a smaller district, and I mean with less students, you probably can get away with it. But like with 3,000 kids, yeah, our campus isn't that big. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna we're gonna continue on with the mask mandate. Um, I don't know if it's just a matter of. I think it's mostly a matter of who they interviewed for this article and the framing that they're taking with this, um, this whole article, because this, this whole article makes the people that they interviewed sound like cowards to me. And I, and I say that basically on, on the statement right here, this this person the chef or whoever this is who's basically like i relied on the government to basically back her up back her up on this on this conviction that she has that this is the right thing to do and so the idea that it's like well the government says you have to make those decisions for yourself now but now she doesn't like that well, because she, she can't she just is, she can't just she tell somebody my store wants. get out. This is our rule at my store versus like oh well the government said so so you need to do it. I I, th- I think you're wrong there because it is her store and she is allowed to do that. But people are going to be like well well the government said we don't have to. Well in here in Texas you don't have to. And so now she doesn't have the backing Great. up. Now of, you're trespassing. Uh, get out. Have a little right. bit of conviction. Like, I'm sorry. No, like, it's th- this this that whole is... article is written to frame them as cowards. Right, and right, it's bro, because that's, that's real, real easy. It's real. It's so easy to just be like, great, get out. Yeah, it is. Like, no. I've seen it all the time. There's nuts. thousands of videos out there where there's people nuts. walk into the stores with no mask on and like, great, get out. It's is so easy. And people love to so do it. They people just love to walk tell out, other huh? people they what to do. walk out, huh? People just love to tell other out. people what to do. So those people just turn around and walk out, huh? They do just they? walk out with nothing. Oh, I said it's easy to tell them. That's what you said. Oh, I'm sorry. And then I said, you're <laughs> trespassing. Now you call the cops. And now you're trespassing, and the cops got to deal with you. Right. So it's essentially the same thing. It's the same thing. Saying. Nothing's changed. But now you're being forced to make a choice on whether... You're going to change with it or stay the same. And you're upset about that. I mean, Coward. If you're a small business owner, I mean, I understand. But if you're like this HEB, corporate makes those decisions. Yeah. Just like Kroger, corporate makes those decisions. Kroger's but going here to keep it says on. that HEB, HEB is going to do whatever the local enforcement is. Oh. Yeah, Kroger said 
if all that. Um, what the right grocery stores are. Kroger, Kroger is, is corporate. They're a publicly traded company. HB is not. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Trust me, I, I've looked at trying to buy their stock because I like it more than Kroger. I can't. I don't find it. I mean, that's why we can't get one up here. You can't get you can't get an HGB north of like Waco. It's bullshit. I got a nice one down here. It's it's cool. <laughs> and every time they're like, "Hey, we might get an HGB," it's never an HGB. No, you get like an all subs or something. <laughs> a gas station. <laughs> uh, what am I at? Okay. So anyway, that's that's how I feel about this article. I don't like. I think it's more of the the framing of the author of this article than it is. Oh, the... so I see what you're saying though. She says it right here. It says forcing businesses to st take a stand, either enforce a rule that is no longer required by the state, or allow people to skip the mask means they may alienate customers. Yeah. At a time they desperately need the business, we're already losing money. We just want a little bit of support as a small business. So she's saying that if 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 they say no, get out. Um. They may lose that business when they need the business. Um, oh, I'm sorry. She's a, she owns two Roots Chicken Shack. Yeah, she's not hurting. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I said, I think it's mostly how the author has decided, the authors have decided to frame this this article. But to me, it just makes all these people sound like cowards. I mean, and, and not cowards of like being scared themselves. of the pandemic. I'm saying cowards is like... They don't want to stand up for themselves. Stand up for yourself and, and do, if, you, if this is the right answer, if this is what you believe, and take a stand and do the right thing. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I agree with that. They should. And they should be willing to tell people to go fuck themselves. Yeah. But this whole thing, like I said, this this whole framing here, I just, I hated it. The other thing I was going to say is, you mentioned the other day about um, cases dropping on because of the freeze in Texas. Mm. And I found this article the other day talking about it's actually been dropping since early January, so before the freeze. And the scientists here, according to this article, and this guy at University of Florida says they can't exactly tell you why. Um, you know, he's saying we don't think we've reached herd immunity, but it's possible that the subset of the population that already goes out to the bars has because they're the people who've been going out and getting infected, I guess. Um, maybe it's the combination of social distancing while some people are still following it. But basically it's that they don't know and they don't attribute it to, at least in Texas, the freeze necessarily. Now, I'm not taking away from your anecdotal of you had kids once a week versus like none at all when everybody was locked in their houses. Speaking of cases, let me tell you this story because this really pissed me off. So it's soccer season here. Um, and because of the freeze and because of like um, COVID and all this stuff, they're playing like seven games in 12 days. Okay. So they're just cramming them in. Right. Soccer? Ah. Yeah. So 
one of the um, richer schools in our district, um, more wealthy schools in our district, mm-hmm. um, did this. So they were playing in a game against us. They one claimed a uh, playoff spot, like qualify for a playoff spot. Nothing else bad can happen. Right. And then called the next morning to say, "Hey, we had a, a kid test positive this morning. Um, you know, do what you want with that." If they tested positive the next morning, that means that they had already been taken a test. Yup. So, either the kid should be in trouble or the coach should be in trouble. Because if you come in and you play your kids and make sure that you claim your spot, you know, you get your, your little playoff spot, and then you can sit and quarantine for the next two weeks and nothing bad happens. I think that's really shitty. So now I can't so, I can't right, prove on, that this is what they did on purpose. So yeah. they claim their playoff spot. There's like three games left. Now they yeah. can forfeit the rest of those games, and and they'll still be in the playoffs. So they quarantine. They forfeit those games to get, you know, to get to the to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they but they jeopardize our chances because they played a kid that was had been tested already because those results come out so after two or three days later taken after you've taken the test yeah even the fast right. test well you know my wife had to have a have a test done and so i had to quarantine home until the results came back like you know i'd call work and be like hey look i feel fine but my wife doesn't so she went and got tested and they're like okay we'll quarantine at home and then call us and tell us what happened you know and so i'm working from home and... The internet didn't keep up with us, you. Oh yeah, that's me. I'm I'm still blaming you. Your picture, but my picture looks great. You know, having the recording going. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, I don't know where I cut off, but the, uh, the the work had me quarantined at home, and you know I'm working from home and doing my thing, and I think three days later she got tested on like a. Wednesday or no it was one of my Fridays off and so I didn't get we didn't get the results back until like next Wednesday where I could go back to work um, yeah yeah that's that's how most of these work so. and so that that player had already been tested even if you do the fast test it's still like um like takes a, a minute yeah you know what I mean so they should have been quarantined like that's it's bullshit that's all I'm saying yeah do you think that uh, going into our our segue from the masks and the the COVID numbers, um, do you want to segue into what we what we had discussed as the the main topic for today? As like, what rights. are rights? Sure. What what is a right in your definition? All right. So, 
my um, from my perspective, I am a I work from a positive rights perspective. Um, a framework where there's a positive duty or somebody has, you know, is imposed on us to, to sustain the welfare of those in need. Um, I mean, just just in the framework of, of health, okay? It's a necessary tool for the attainment of health and positive rights perspective. Um, and it's something that I think should be provided to everyone, um, whether or not they can pr participate meaningfully in the free market system. Um, I, I do believe um, that is the duty of the government to participate in ensuring the conditions that m mediate basic human rights, um, regardless of the lottery of birth. Um, therefore, I think the government has the right to impose taxes that will help those for whom the free market system imposes undue burden. Can you say that what, duty? It's the duty of the government to what? I want to make sure I get this right in my my notes. <laughs> you're, you're touching on like major points you have written down. I want to make sure I come back to them. So it's the duty of the um, government to protect. Where did I say it? duty of the? <laughs> it's the duty of the government to. Um, to ensure the conditions that mediate basic human rights are attainable, regardless ensure of the, the lottery of birth. One more time. I'm sorry. Let me make sure. It's kind of a mouthful. <laughs> Basically, I think the government has the right to impose taxes that the free market imposes undue burden. Healthcare is a tool to attain the basic human right of health. And it is the duty of the people to ensure access to it. So, I mean, I I think that um, we all have basic entitlements: um, clean water, um, garbage collection. We have roads. We have a fire department. Um, I think all of those are rights as citizens to have access to those things. I just noted that in hearing your list of things that, that the government's and you know, we have rights to, I didn't hear like police in there. I mean, I, I was just giving you a list. I could do oh, okay. the whole I just, list. I, I just, mean, I, I was wasn't kinda, sure if, if that was, was intentionally kind of, left out because you put left, firefighters and ambulance. I left out education as well. So, okay. yeah, so okay. you know what I mean? Like it was just <laughs> a short, like, et cetera at all. All of these things. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, yeah. intentional. Okay. It just it no, stood it out to me as as someone who <laughs> always bitches about the police, you know, from you. Yeah. They're militaristic, brutal assholes. <laughs> I, I'm not going to argue that. Uh, okay. And, and so from your basic entitlements... You think that all of these things are also rights? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I am a what impacts one of us impacts all of us type of person. Um, mm -hmm. 
if the most vulnerable of our society is not cared for, uh, then we as, as a society have failed. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it. It's an interesting and very altruistic view of the world. I, I commend you for that. Um... Yeah, more. I'm sorry. I don't want to. No, go ahead. I mean, I have, I have things that that um, from the other side of that, um, that that I have issues with. Um, you know, I think the, the the negative rights framework. Exactly, and that's what I was going to talk about a little bit, and. And the reason, okay, so for anyone who doesn't know the difference between positive rights and negative rights, um, I think we talked about, you, you, a few weeks back, you mentioned it was like a difference of like freedom to or freedom from mm-hmm. something, right? Mm-hmm. And in, in the framework of a negative rights and in the framework of what I see as like the constitution and what rights we are guaranteed currently. Um, it's a different understanding than what the rights my brother's talking about. And so the right of freedom of speech is enshrined in the constitution, not in such a way that like saying like, because of this document, you have freedom of speech, but that, people inherently are free to speak and you are protected from government response for enacting your, your freedom. Um, and it's, it's a freedom from oppression, I guess, in that case you could say, I hate using that word, but like, um, and it gets back to like the, do you believe in the, the law of, of this and, and like a strict interpretation of the law. And this is where a lot of the conversations come into play. I'm sorry, my mind's going a hundred different directions, but like, this is where the idea comes into play that like, that I have a problem with where you, you and, and certain people on the left, not you specifically, cause I know you hate private businesses anyway, but um, where people are okay with like a business or in some cases a monopoly like violating someone's rights, then they say, well, it's not the government doing it, so it's okay. Like, I still have a problem with that. Um, but that's because I believe in the principle of, like, freedom of speech versus, like, what is just written in the law to say, like, hey, only the government, if only the government steps on you, like, then it's only a problem then. Like, I, I think it's a problem no matter so- what. So you think that everybody should be able to say whatever they want without um, consequence? I think, regardless of who, who that is, consequences who is are inevitable. Consequences. consequences are inevitable. Like you being a jerk isn't going to stop someone from punching you and like hitting you in the face. Like right? Like you say yeah. something to somebody, they can hit you in the face, and they might right. go to jail for that. They might suffer the consequences of that action. But yeah, so will you. Can't you can't assault people, right? You can't assault people. <laughs> so will you? Yeah, like it's true. <laughs> I mean, like that's just it's 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 a it's a factor of living in a civilized society, a polite society, right? Uh, we don't have enough of that right now, but the idea also that 
like, like I don't think that people should be banned for non-criminal activity on social media platforms. You can, you're, you are allowed in this country to have hateful and awful opinions about people. So like that is, that is allowed. (laughs) Here's, I mean, this kind of is jumping off topic, but it is. You're kind of jumping off topic because I, I kind of wanted topic, to get into. So. I wanted to get into some of the social media stuff because I have some thoughts on that. Okay. Um, I'm a, can I try but, to jump back but in? But going back to okay. going back to negative, um, negative rights framing. Basically, it is the the issue that I take with with negative framing and how you can't inhibit somebody else's rights that's what negative rights mean to break it down is you can't inhibit anybody else's activity mm-hmm. right so um the issue that i take with that outlook um is that is it looks at the deserving and the undeserving so a person who takes responsibility for themselves work is key work is the key that opens the door to healthcare, etc and a wonderful life uh, earning money, saving for health, choosing employment and health coverage, what a hardworking, self-reliant individual should do in their productive working years to ensure access to the privilege of health care for themselves and their children. So the issue that I take is I think all lives have equal value and that is, and that health care is a necessity for a prosperous society. The, the issue that I also take, and this is one that – fucking drives me crazy and i want to talk about the word access okay access to healthcare or access to whatever is absolute weasel wording fucking propaganda okay mm-hmm. <laughs> right now everybody in america has access to healthcare. everyone if you you have the means to get healthcare, so what access means you have the means, you have the ability to go get it. If you don't have the means, right? You don't have the money. You have the ability to go get the means to access healthcare. It's a weasel word that fucking neoliberal shitholes use to pretend that they're on board. And and watch watch how some of these fucking Democrats use the word access. Like it is, it is absolutely a way to get out of anything that actually would help people. Um, when you remove the burden, or try to figure out how you're gonna pay hospital bills, Hold on. doctor go back bills, etc. Go back to when you remove the burden. When you remove the burden of trying to figure out how to pay your hospital bill, how to pay your doctor bill, you're free to pursue dreams. You're, that that makes you more free. You're you're free that you won't be tied down to a dead end job because you're afraid that you're going to lose your health care. I feel the same way about education. Free college, free universal health care are benefits, net benefits to society as a whole. Mm-hmm. Okay, it creates more entrepreneurship. It creates more ability, upward mobility, ability to move, ability to not work in a shit job, um, ability to go and um, maybe write Harry Potter. Because your girl, J.K. Rowling, spent, what, a year and a half on 
living off of their NHS and, and welfare or whatever and wrote like the first two, three books. Mm-hmm. Like that's what those safety nets do for us. Like that's what those things could possibly do. But you, I think you ruin a lot of activity. Am I gone again? You ruin a lot of what? Yeah, you... You ruin creativity. You take away creativity. There are probably really, really smart people that are working in nine to five jobs, you know, creative people, you know, geniuses that are working nine to five jobs because they either have to pay down their college debt, they've got medical bills, they've got the medical insurance that they're scared of losing because they got a sick kid. And I think that is damaging to the country mm. as a whole. End of rant. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. And I think, you know, we've had this conversation many, many times. And I, I'm going to... I don't think you can make a right. I don't think you can make anything a right, like an inalienable right. Now, we've had, talked about the differences between inalienable rights and what you have determined as a human right, or what the UN has determined as a human right, are two very yeah. different things, Right. And we always yeah. use the term rights. And I feel like it's it's a little bit misleading and disingenuous to people who, when put in the context of what the inalienable rights were determined, and again, this is, for the most part, what's in, what's in the Constitution. It's the original John Locke um, treatises on government and, um, you know, Kind of, I forget what the the other book that he wrote was. It was like what makes a man or what what rights the man have or something like that. I don't really know. Um, yeah. But anyway, it was his writings that that basically said like these are the rights enshrined by your creator. Yada 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 yada. No one can take these from you. You inherently have these things, and that's what makes them inalienable. And then what you're talking about is what people should have. What what things we should basically have the government to provide for these people. And while, while you could say uh, but I think entitlements or whatever else, I don't think rights is the correct word for those things. And I think the UN got it wrong when they, when they said these UN rights, because again, what you're talking about takes the effort of someone else. And I don't think you can have an individual right so something that takes effort from someone else. So here's the, here's the thing. We accept in this country that everybody should have an education, mm-hmm. right? We accept that. Everybody should have K through 12 education. Now, there are people that probably disagree and people that think that, you know, I can afford to educate my kids, fuck everybody else. But in order to have a dem- democratic society, Right. In order to have freedom, in order to be free, mm-hmm. people have to have an education. Part of freedom, part of what gives us those inalienable rights is education. Mm-hmm. And, and education gives you the ability to be a self-determinant adult. Mm-hmm. Thomas Jefferson, he wrote that. Mm-hmm. And in Thomas Thomas Jefferson's day, 
the the schools such as they were in the in the small towns and you know western whatever some little colony towns um they went from what first grade to eighth grade maybe 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 yeah and then that didn't change until i believe eisenhower where it was k through 12 right Right, and they—that was during when they had. Was Eisenhower was post World War II, right? Right, they had massive taxes during that time, and that's during that time is when they really invested in the infrastructure. Think about when Ike was president, and think about the buildings that you see all around. How many public buildings, gorgeous public buildings that we invested into during that time, and how they're crumbling down now. Well, I'm 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 gonna try to draw this into to modern times, just so that from essentially the 1700s, right, to 1950 something, when it was like president? Yeah, it was after World War II. Um, you basically had Lost a. You again. Well, it's basically from the what from. The hello, 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 hello. Uh, from the 1700s into 1950s, you basically had this this K through eight, right? And then you had secondary school, which very few people would go on to do, which was your nine through 12. And then in the 1950s, they made it where everyone was K through 12, and then they still had the universities afterwards. And so, I, I don't know. I guess my question as far as like specifically on education, what has changed in the landscape of education to make it so that after uh, what is it, 13 years of education, a person is not qualified to go out and get a job. So it's not that they're not qualified to go out and get a job. Um, it's that the jobs in America um, require uh, higher education, um, whether it's trade school, whether it's... Um, well, it didn't used you know, to for trade tech school. school. Um, whether it's, you know, just university when I, when I, okay. So let, let me, let me kind of go with this. I dropped out of college when I was 19, right? Mm-hmm. Started selling cars. I was making a lot of money and uh, I, uh, decided to not go back, had got married, had kids. And then I was like, I woke up one day and I was like, I fucking hate this life. I hate selling cars. I hate being in sales. I hate people, you know, like I hate be working retail. So I don't hate people. I'm just, you know, but you did at the I time. Hate you hated people I, that you sold cars yeah. to and you hated the people that you worked with. Um, yeah, well, it's just such a soul sucking that. I think that was my biggest issue that, that business, it, it, you have to be pretty soulless to do it. Um, because you really you you've got to take people for everything like knowing knowing they can't afford that in order to feed my family I've got to make them think they they can afford that and it's I don't know anyway when I started looking for jobs jobs that were comparable in pay or jobs that um I thought I could do almost every single one required a degree any degree it didn't matter what degree it was, they just wanted a college degree. Um, in order to, again, in order to make the kind of money that I 
was used to making or make the kind of money I wanted to make. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I bounced around from a couple different jobs. And really the only thing that I was qualified for at 26, 27 years old was sales. That was the only job that I could get. And the only thing that I could get into was entry level, right? So you're at the bottom of the barrel, entry level sales. When most of those jobs are um, not salaried, they're commissioned. So um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a tough, tough world. Excuse me. So, um, you know, I, I was kind of bouncing around and what I wanted to do. And then I, you know, realized that what I originally wanted to do before I graduated high school was be a teacher and a coach. When I was in high school, that was kind of what I had intended to do. And then I got hurt and couldn't play anymore. And so I was just like, I got away from sports altogether. And then I realized that really that's my passion is, is kids, sports, that kind of thing. And, <laughs> and so I had to go back to school. I had to go back to school, get a degree, um, go to college. And so I didn't, I didn't, I changed careers officially at 27, but didn't start till I was 31. So now I'm already behind in my field um, because most guys are 31, 32 when they start reaching for the higher levels, offensive coordinators, head coaches, that kind of thing. Hmm. So yeah, I'm a little bit behind uh, the the, the curve on that kind of stuff. I, you know, I started out in sub varsity. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. My point is, <laughs> my point is, is that I had to go back to school and have a degree. Mm-hmm. It was, it was in order to, to prosper realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, now there are people that get into uh, skilled labor jobs that they too have to um, have some tertiary schooling god damn it what you look good you there yeah i'm here i'm here hello didn't say anything you no my camera I, froze up. everything okay <laughs> it's been fine Sorry. for me so they have to have some sort of tertiary schooling so whether it's trade school whether it's whatever in order to make it in this country in order to prosper and not be reliant on 720 fucking five. Mm-hmm. You have to have some extra schooling. So in order to be lifted up out of poverty, in order to, to grow and to do the things that everybody says you can do, you need tertiary education. So are you saying you, you had a job, you didn't like where you were at, you bettered yourself and you got a different job? Right paid for that shit too yeah you fucking worked your ass off i know you did yeah and thanks for making my it, argument for me it costs a lot of fucking money to it do does. it it does that's it's hard. my point it's hard that's work. my point though that's my point going to school is hard yeah right it's it's and working two full-time jobs at the it's same time hard but I spent a shit ton of money doing it. Mm-hmm. And my point is, is that should be free. Going to school should be free. I mean, I think all that ties back into the 
$15 an hour argument and everything else. And you are the perfect case example of you worked hard, you did something else, like you made a decision, you went for it, and now you're in a better place. It's the, it's the perfect case example of very in debt to do it. And now right. you have a, um, you know, you bought a great big house. So, so that 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 sounds cool. It um, is. I think it's cool. Yeah, I had a lot of help. Yeah, I had a lot of help, and I, um, I'm I'm very lucky to have had to have had that help um, from parents, from uh, friends, from neighbors, because I still had two kids at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it, I had a, had a lot of help. There are people that don't have that kind of help. Mm-hmm. And so it's really easy to say, oh, well, you did it. It's survivor's bias. Well, I was able to get this. Why can't you? Because mm-hmm. everybody's situation is different. Mm-hmm. Everybody's situation is different. And wages or not wages but income has increased 300 goddamn percent for the top one percent for the owner class for the bourgeoisie Mm -hmm. their income has increased with inflation nobody else's has Mm -hmm. starting teacher salary is average forty thousand dollars a year you know how much a college education costs with room and board and everything for four years, about forty grand. Yeah, public schools. That's eight, public school. Four, four years four to public piece, school. Yeah, yeah. So between you're, thirty-two you're and 40, 40, Yeah, you're about forty thousand dollars into it. Yeah. Just, just to get through school. I know, and that at my school, I don't know where you went, but where I went, it was about half of that. No, I'm talking about everything, not just tuition. I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about books, cost of living, etc. Yeah, it was about half. Like, of that. but I didn't have to. No, there's Canada, no way. So there you go. That's what I'm saying. There's no way it was half of that. You, well, you lived at home. To finish, yeah. So. Of course, you know, I was dumb and decided I was like, you know what, I'm going to do a private school first, and then that that now that shit was about twice as much as the yeah. eight grand a semester. So yeah, I got, I left that place. Um, yeah. I mean, it is my, I, yes, because now, I mean, there are lots of things that are wrong with the way college education works in this country there. I mean, I think there are, you know, horrendous things. One of the things though, that I was thinking about, um, when I think about education and that kind of thing, Jesus Christ, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. My picture is dead. So one of the things that I was thinking about was, and I went to Paris like four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. No, God damn. It's been 10 years. I'm old. Anyway. (laughs) So I went to Paris and we went and visited this fashion school. Uh, now the fashion school in France was it was a private school. Um, do you know how much it cost for all three years of 
private school in in Paris, France? I don't know why I would know take, why you think I might know that. Take take a guess as how much you think it would be. It's private, so it's not state funded. It's not free because you know college in in France is free. Oh, uh, yeah, you think but it's still it France. Um. They're in euros. I guess the euro is trading what one to one with the U.S. dollar right now, so I can think of it in terms of that. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Um, in France for three years, three year program. I'm, three I don't years. Know, nine grand. <laughs> it's three. It was <laughs> three thousand dollars. I asked because I was like, hmm. I was like, this is a private school. I said, how hard so is it to get into? Get state funding, huh? How hard is it to get into? Shit, that was like it was a really prestigious like fashion design school. It was yeah. really hard. So that's so that's a lot of thing that the European schools and universities do is that starting in the eighth grade they begin making everyone take tests, and this is especially true in France. I do know this much about France, is that in the eighth grade every student is given a test, and then how they do on that test determines essentially their their career path for the rest of their life. And there's no real way to break out of that until you test again. In like, I think the 11th grade or 10th grade or 11th grade, there's like two tests that are given in French schools. And the first one's in eighth grade, the second one's either in 10th or 11th grade. And it determines whether or not you are able and even even eligible to like go on to uh, secondary or tertiary education, if you want to call that, uh, to like a, a college, right? And so their their ability to go to college as a student in France is much more reduced because you're competing with everyone in the entire nation. And so you know how Texas has like the top 10% like can get automatic acceptance to any Texas public school. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have that, but basically for the whole country. And it's it's only acceptance, right? And so while there's a lot of those private schools and, and government funding, the actual number of students that they're servicing is far, far lower than like a school here. Interesting. And well, it's the I same mean, way in know, France, it's the same way in Germany, and I think it's the same way in England. I know it's the same way in Japan and South Korea as well. It's, it's interesting. I know that like if, if you want to go to school, you can figure out how to go to school. Now, you may have to go to junior college here, mm-hmm. uh, which is a thing that a lot of stuff, they don't have that here. Yeah. And our universities are huge compared to those, especially oh, yeah. the state schools. Oh, yeah. You know, like our, you got 40, our big major. got 40,000 undergrads in like UT or something like that. Right. Or... Our, our Division One <laughs> schools where they have these huge stadiums and things like that are like literally unfathomable to Europeans. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things cost a lot of money. Man, I, speaking of our universities and University of Texas, I, I went down a Twitter thread the other day about uh, the eyes of Texas and the, that like whole the controversy. Song? Yeah. You didn't know there's a, there's a controversy over this? No. So no. the controversy is the is it's to the tune of working on a railroad, which is a slave song, um, and uh, I, there's a lot of like racist history that goes along with that song. I think, um, so. Uh, <laughs> needless to say, there's you know the athletes aren't were not going out to 
uh, sing the song. And so there's a lot of uh, a lot of alumni that are threatening to pull their financial backing if they change the song. Uh, there are alumni that are threatening to pull their financial backing if uh, this the the football players don't go out and sing. So if the coach doesn't make them sing the song, they're going to pull their financial backing. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I got I got bogged down in this thing. I, I had to pull out. <laughs> it was it was pretty weird. I um. So I don't know what happened with the railroads like pre um pre-civil war um obviously the north had the railroads and the south did not they were mostly using like horse and buggy to transport to the mississippi river basin and then ship the ship their their crops down south to louisiana and to new orleans specifically so that was mostly the economic transport for uh, the South, which is why when the North blockaded New Orleans, the port of New Orleans, uh, I think it was your favorite president, Andrew Jackson, uh, who, who was responsible for that. Um, was it was it Jackson or was it? No, it wasn't Jackson. It was it was this guy by the name. It was this uh, I remember now. It was this admiral by the name of Alfred Thayer Mahan who wrote who basically wrote the book on naval warfare in the 1800s that is still used and taught today in the Naval Academy. And one of his theories was that like he who controls the waters controls the world kind of deal. And you know what? He's not wrong still. Um, well, that, I mean, that's why we had the space race. Well, yeah, who, the space whoever race has the higher space. ground controls. Well, it was, it was basically, it was, he had a lot of theories on this, but anyway, I'm not going to talk about that. That's, that's history class that from another day, but essentially the the North had the railroads and the South did not. And after the Civil War, um, the uh, the freedmen, you know, were basically like a lot of them escaped north. And if they didn't want to leave, you know, when we talked about sixteen nineteen project, they said, hey, you know, we cre we found this country Liberia. You can go back if you want to. And they're like, now nah, we're good. And they're like, great, go work on the railroads. And um, that happened to a lot of them, but also a lot of them did not take them up. And so then you had the influx of the Chinese who were absolutely exploited in the 1860s um, and 70s uh, to create Grant's Transcontinental Railroad. Have you... I'm sorry to cut you off. Have you seen, it's a show on HBO Max called Warrior? No. It's about um, old 1800s, early 1800s San Francisco um, and how the, the Chinese uh, gangs and uh, Chinese people interacted with... Uh, the whites and the Irish and those people like the Irish owned the unions and uh, the Chinese were, you know, obviously really um, exploited 
Mm. And so the the Chinese mafia uh, was was very prominent in taking care. You know, it's kind of the way the Italian mafia started. Was it started by taking care of Italians? Like they they you paid them for the protection from outside sources, and then it became oh, well, you actually pay protection from us. So it's kind of the same type deal as these Chinese mafias started by protecting Chinese people um, from Not actually being a racket or <laughs> yeah and then and then turned into you know big casinos and opium dens and that kind of thing because they can make more money doing that but it, it started with protecting Chinese people um, kind of interesting I don't, I don't know it's just a historical context obviously there's a lot of great fighting it's called warrior um that kind of show like, that's what i'm talking about i'll check like, it out no it sounds interesting and, and like it, i said i really it, it I, is I really like that history um i get because the, these these historical moments and these historical context of all these things that took place from from you know the creation of the nation the civil war uh reconstruction the manifest destiny era with with grant and the the presidents that followed the you know, up through basically um, to today. That's really why I get so annoyed at people like destroying or, or rewriting some of the history on any any side, left or right. I don't care. Like you don't change the historical context of the actions that happened in the past because then you it's harder to understand like how we got to where we are today. So that's all I was saying. I enjoy the history. Um. We've kind of moved on really far from rights, and want to drag <laughs> us back to uh, back to our thing. We're about an hour into the recording. Um, real quick, before we go any further, I do want to touch on. Uh, I just thought this was a uh, kind of funny. The um, the New York Senate Majority Leader here in an interview says that. I think if any more allegations come out, it would be time for Mr. Andrew Cuomo to resign. So the first three weren't <laughs> enough for her. She needs the fourth allegation of sexual harassment and and canoodling to come out before anything should happen. I just... Come on, people. Like, really? No, there's a lot of... Dude... So I think one of the things that I've that I've noticed is like people will go to the mat to defend their guy. Yeah. Like and it, and it, and it, and it's like you know the the people that I've seen defending Biden, the people that I've seen defending Cuomo, the people that I've seen defending uh this bitch what's her fucking name? Sorry for saying bitch. That's a derogatory, misogynist word. Um, but actually, absolutely see you next Tuesday, uh, Kristen Cinema. But that's better? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. But, but, but Kristen Cinema, did you, have you seen her little curtsy that uh, she yeah, did when she yeah. voted? That was great. I laughed. Dude. This this bitch. <laughs> I laughed then because I saw it in the context of everyone freaking out. 
Uh, yeah, there. But there are people absolutely defending her. Um, and oh, oh, and they're blaming Bernie. They're <laughs> blaming Bernie for the for the eight people that voted against the minimum wage. So they're saying, well, you know, Bernie knew it was going to fail, and he forced the vote on the amendment, and therefore, if it never passes, it's Bernie's fault. Yeah, really. I mean, I. It's like I told really? you before, like people like Manchin aren't going to vote for it. Yeah. Well, and that's like, but the thing is, is you have to do what essentially Bernie said he was going to do and go to West Virginia, stand in front of their capital and say, hey, your senator is blocking your right to whatever. You know what I mean? You have to go and you have to get the people on board. And then the people will then call their senator. You have to use your bully pulpit to get things done. That's what Donald Trump did. Donald Trump basically bullied everyone in, into doing what he wanted. And if they didn't, he was like, we're going to primary you. So, And my name is awesome and you suck and we're going to primary you if you don't do what I want you to do. And and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and these ass wipes won't do it. Fucking well, cowards. I mean, of course those two won't. Biden hasn't had a solo press right. conference since he first so, like, got, got elected. So, I mean, you're not going to see him. He's he's sitting over in the basement of the, the White House with a little blanket on going like, oh, where's my tea? Is it time to go on TV yet? Can I take a question this time, please, Pelosi? Yeah. Uh, um... No, my it's problem despicable. with this isn't necessarily the the allegations and everything else because, like, you know, prove it in the court, right? And this is these are criminal charges. Prove it in the court. Um, my problem is the the these three isn't enough. But if we have a fourth one, it's time for him to resign. Like either either it's enough at the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's bad enough with the the allegation, right? These aren't these aren't convictions. These are these are allegations, and I, I think that you know everyone should have their day in court, including people I despise. But I agree um, with that. it's it's the, it's the it's the allegation factor, and it's like, well, we got enough people jumping on the bandwagon that, that whatever. And I still think that this this whole deal with him is to basically cover up the fact that his people were cooking the books on, <laughs> on COVID deaths. Like, it, it's to save all of, all of Mr. Cuomo's underlings when they got caught cooking the books. It's, it's to distract. Yeah. It's to take away from, hey, here's the actual real scandal. I mean, heck... Bill Clinton had a nice little scandal to detract from the 14,000 people he got killed in Kosovo. Right. So, I mean, this is, this is a proven tactic. This works. This is a great distraction to people from an, a real problem. Speaking of distractions, um, saw a new distraction today. Um, a new outrage, which has to do with the, the Dr. Seuss oh. canceling. Yeah. Um, I think the CIA is doing this. Um, what? <laughs> I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's all a cover up for you to look away. Um, no, it, the new one is Pe Pepe Le Pew and Speedy Gonzalez. 
the next now, one is Pepe Le Pew and Speedy Gonzalez. Now, I get Pepe Le Pew. That dude is a creepo. Like, his whole bit is, uh, is a little uh, Andrew Cuomo. Little, uh, <laughs> little, uh, oh, God, that's, oh, what's the guy's name? Matt Lowry, you know? Uh, yeah, a little bit, uh, a little excessive. A little bit of Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Ed Bucky. <I> just, <laughs> I'm just saying, little, I mean, I, I, I understand canceling Pepe Le Pew. I, I get it. Anyway. So speaking of canceling, I want to talk about Twitter and 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 Facebook and that kind of stuff because I, I had an interesting thought. What about – let me pull up my notes because I wrote it down. What about taking these platforms and basically treating social media big tech as public utilities? You regulate them freedom of speech, etc. What about that? Is it going to reduce the amount of, of like, creepy ads? If I, I like, talk, know, about, I if I talk about, like, a coffee machine, <laughs> am I still going to get the coffee machine ad on my... I don't. I don't know how that works. I'm I just saying, know. like, I just, just uh, like, I don't know how it would work. I'm mostly. But I'm just saying, joke, like, but you, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, like, taking taking these companies and saying, you know what, these are public utilities. I mean, you still they're still privately owned businesses, mm-hmm. like, um, like, uh, excuse me, like your electricity, like your telephones. Mm-hmm. Like those kinds of things, those are all water, but they're they're run by private businesses, mm-hmm. but they are heavily regulated, mm-hmm. right? So you can take something like Facebook and say, this is a public utility, it's uh, everybody needs it. Um, this is the this is part of the social discourse, like you said, it is the platform. We're going to regulate it. Well, it might work. And, you know, because here's the, the biggest thing is obviously you've heard about ad nausea and people talking about the 230, Section 230 protections, right? I can't hear you again. It's Speaking the of public utilities. It's the it's the um, the Section 230 protections, right? It's the we're not responsible for what our users post because we are a platform and not publishers. The, the problem therein lies that they act like both publisher and platform. And so it's, it's, yeah, I see what you're saying. It's, it's, I don't know if you have to go quite as far as declaring them a public utility, but I mean, that might be a solution. I mean, my, my, my biggest difference is that like the rules they set for themselves sometimes, and this is, and this is, you know, um, and this this will take us into our other discussion really when I when I mention it for Twitter but like um, the rules that they set for themselves they don't always follow for themselves right and that's that's how these legal suits and these cases get brought up against say Facebook YouTube Google Twitter is when they set their own terms and, and, and standards and then they're telling people like hey we're gonna tell you when we ban you but then they don't and then they don't give a reason for why they ban you they just they just block it or take it down or whatever else and 
We got a visitor. Uh, they block it or take it down, and then. <laughs> oh, I gotta, you can't say his name, but I'm recording. Oh, I'm recording. Like uh, we're not live. Yeah. Start over. Start yelling over. Yelling. I guess I'm talking kind of loud. Um, totally lost my train of thought. Uh, platforms, Section 230 protections, the. Uh, oh, right, with these laws, they're not following their own terms and conditions, right? And that's that's where they get into legal trouble. I mean, that's why Facebook itself right now has 48 states that are coming after them for monopolistic practices and under antitrust laws. You know, that's, that's a class action lawsuit that's being brought by the states, 48 states in the United States, right? So it's that's definitely like a bipartisan issue. I don't know what it would look like if you put it under public utility, I don't necessarily disagree with it because I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I'd be interesting to see what that would look like. Like I said, I don't, I don't like a private business infringing on rights any more than I like the government infringing on rights. I mean, that, that story you sent me about the guys who like created a Photoshop getting arrested by the police, I think that's disgusting. I think what they did is disgusting, but I think them getting arrested by the cops for doing it is equally disgusting. Right. Um, yeah. like that's, that's not okay. That's not I'm trying to remember that story. It was the story about the guys. There was a cop who had died and they photoshopped themselves desecrating his grave or, or like defecating on his grave or something uh, like that. Yeah, and so like, yeah, 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 yeah. uh, and the, and the cops cooked up some story about like harassment for the wife or something like that of the dead guy. Mm -hmm. And, and like. Like, I get it. It's disgusting. It's a disgusting story all around. But come on, guys. You can't... You can't go after somebody like that. I'm just... Yeah. I don't think that's right. Um, I don't think what that guy did was right either. Like, I mean, there should be... I don't know. But... Um, yeah. So, I have a problem with that. But they can do whatever they want. I mean, they can... I mean, it's free speech. Um... So in regards to like Twitter, and this is going to take us into the next topic, Twitter has guidelines around like gendered speech, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the, the very point I was making to you was that the rules that they set for themselves in a certain sense are very political. And it is it is it is inherently biased towards one side of the argument, and the the discussion. I guess is sorry, a strong word, but um, whereas if if a person who presents themselves as male or female is is called by misgendered, again the very definition of misgendering is different between the oh left God. and the right. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I heard the very idea of misgender. Yeah, the very definition of misgendering is different between the left and the right. Whereas someone on the left would say misgendering is calling someone a name or pronoun that they don't present as. 
And then yeah. on the right, it would be misgendering is calling someone different than what they were born as. Different than what their sex is. Yeah. So if you had a, a for example, a male to female transition, and if they were to refer to this person as a he, that would be misgendering from the left, but not from a perspective of, of the conservative. It would be misgendering to refer to them as something that they would consider they are not. Yeah. And so, so inherently within the social rules, construct. inherently within the rules, it presents a bias. Gender is a social construct. Gender is not the same as sex. Okay. So that's uh, so when you say they're there's they're calling them what their sex is instead of what their gender is. Mm -hmm. So they are misgendering. I see, but that's a very leftist definition. And and in fact your whole your whole stated framing of them being different is a leftist framing. They are different. That's you, the idea. Up. The idea that that gender so, uh, is a social construct is a leftist framing. So you would say that it's not. You would disagree with that. I'm saying it is a leftist framing. Yes or no? You would disagree that gender is a social construct. Are there characteristics of a man? that are different from a from a woman inherently yes okay do you think that a person a woman could have manly characteristics and still think of themselves as a woman sure okay would you consider them cisgendered or would you put them in a sort of a gender spectrum with uh, infinite variables I, I, I would probably consider them a woman. So cisgendered or different? I, I, I refuse to use the term cisgendered because it's, it's another one of those like, hey, we created this language to have this argument. All language is created. So um, whether, whether you like it or not, we, it, that's another social construct, language. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay. Do you think a girl who typically hangs out with boys likes to do the same things as boys, fights, uh, plays rough, um, likes grows up, likes to fight and uh, wrestle and get into MMA? Would you consider them gender normative? Yeah. Just because you mm. like things that a traditional mm. boy would like doesn't make you a boy. Mm. And the same goes vice versa with boys to girls. If you like playing with Barbie, doesn't make you a girl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they're they're normative. That's normal. That's what you're saying. Sure. Okay. Okay. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree um, because that I again I think that if you are male and you exhibit regular man type of characteristics that are typical for 
our um, society, mm-hmm. then that is gender normative. Mm-hmm. If you are a male that likes some of the things that are typical for a woman in our society, I don't think that's that's that falls under the same spectrum. I think that's different. And I, because I think it is a spectrum, um, and there there are variables. So if someone feels as uh, that they are a woman, then I think they're allowed to be a woman. Because at the end of the day, gender is a social construct anyway. What we view as manly and manly things, so are are constructed from our society. Mm. Wearing pants. So, Used to women couldn't even wear pants. Uh-huh. But now it's a it's a normal thing. That's a normal thing. Mm-hmm. So because we decided time, that was that it was okay. Someone likes something that would be traditionally considered any time a, a male would like something that would traditionally be considered feminine. He puts himself on some, some spectrum. Or is that what you're, is that the argument you're making here? No, I think, but I, I that's think what you said. They, and, then, and then you, you tied it back right, into, right. if you feel this way. You're, okay. So hold on. And it's so two different things. I, I, I said it wrong. So uh, uh, let me let me clarify. Okay, so maybe I misspoke. If you view yourself as more of a boy, and you like boy things, but you are your sex is is female, but you consider yourself a girl, but you only like boy things, I think there's there's a spectrum there. Mm-hmm. And it's not so clearly defined as man, woman, period, the end. Mm-hmm. You're this. Sorry. I, I think, sorry, I think sorry about what you think. Two completely different discussions. Um, because I think that what you like to do but I'm just saying it's is not completely different from how you feel about yourself. I'm just saying it's not gender normative. I, I and so and disagree. so because things are things and the things that you like to do are the things you like to do and I don't really care what about that like nothing about that makes any difference to me whatsoever in the in the grand whole of the discussion if you want to go and play the video games and shoot the bows and arrows and shoot the guns and do the other boy thing I don't care that's that's not where this conversation is important to me this conversation is important where people get to the feeling of hating their body so much they have to either chemically or physically alter it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so you, you pity them. I, I do. I feel bad. It's, it's like, here's the thing. It's, it's like having someone with anorexia come into the, the clinician's office and they, and the clinician looks at them and says, Hey, look, you, you tell me you're so fat, and uh, you know what? I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, let me give you these drugs that are going to help curb your appetite even more. And, 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 and the way that 
like that's that's kind of how it comes off to me when the when the clinicians get involved with the so let me let me let me stop you right there because that's 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 unhealthy so it is unhealthy because 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 that's not so it's a shitty analogy it's disanalogous here's here's an, an analogy that you can use do you pity a woman who get a breast augmentation yeah you pity them mm-hmm. because they don't like their body and so they had to mutilate I, I, it i feel bad that and you so emotionally... you think a boob job is mutilation what about a tattoo what about a tattoo is that do you pity is that, that is that tattoos? is that the same thing as making yourself like lifetime well, i'm just wondering to where, where a, you draw the line at mutilation a synthetic hormone I don't Again, have any tattoos. I'm just curious. I'm just curious where you draw the line of mutilation. So, um, piercings. Do you do you pity people that get piercings? Are we going to talk about body... this? Are we going to talk about the same thing? I'm just saying we were talking about body mutilation and how it that they don't feel good about themselves, so they have to go change something, mm-hmm. and they they deserve your pity. So, so you're putting piercings and tattoos on the same level. It's a mutilation, isn't it? It's changing your body permanently, isn't it? No. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Tattoos can't be removed. Piercing, Broke the holes don't close up over time if you if you don't stop using. You're frozen. Them. I'm sorry. What? It's permanent. You're frozen. Yeah, it's permanent. Permanent. Oh, so tattoos can't be removed. Piercings don't close up over time. If you, if you, then you used to have a, a piercing right in your your thing right here. Yeah. I still got a scar from it. Yeah, you got a scar. You got a hole there. I have a permanent mark on my body mm-hmm. from it. I don't pity you for that, because you never hated yourself so much. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a thing where like you just dis- you were just so disgusted with with like. Like how you felt about yourself that you you got to the point where you're like, you know what? I really need this piercing right here. This is going to make me feel better about my whole body. So you, you think they hate themselves or they just feel like they belong in a different body? I feel like it's, it's anecdotally shown through evidence that a lot of these people do hate their bodies and they they and and you know you read through the the message boards and everything else and it's like they talk about the the grotesque reminder that i'm not what i present as every time i look down mm-hmm. and to me that is more analogous to say anorexia than what you were mentioning I disagree because anorexia is a is a is a health issue. It's a psychological it's... issue. It is two things, and they are treated as two different things. And any time someone's treated for anorexia, it is a team effort. You have the medical diagnosis to to treat the the liver enzymes and the other things to make sure they're getting enough calories. There's a psychological component to it, and there's a dietitian. Mm-hmm. It's three different people, uh, professionals, who treat a person diagnosed with anorexia. Right, they do the same thing with uh, transgender kids, mm-hmm. people. Like it, you, 
to transition, you you do all of those things as well. How long does it like, take? Should, uh, it can take anywhere. If you do the surgery, it's a minimum year. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes a lot longer because you uh, there are so many different evaluations and things that you have to go through legally uh, to have surgery, to have transition surgery. You have to present for at least one year. Mm-hmm. You have to change the name. You have to present as uh, the... Um, the gender of, of choice, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you, you go through more psychological evaluations and then you have a surgery and they, you know, you, you sent me that thing about 60% of people or whatever still commit suicide afterwards. That was a 2003 study that, that gave you the information um, which is almost 20 years ago, but they have since um, in enlisted more, uh, a lot more post-op therapy, mm-hmm. um, because it's you know, it's uh, it's still it's you know stuff is ongoing, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like yeah, it's it's ongoing. It's, uh, So it and and really and the reason that I brought up all the examples is because everybody is different. The, the, the thing about transitioning, the thing about gender transition is it's very very private. It's personal and it's individualized process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know some people they just want the boobs and they you know keep it moving. Some people uh, they don't even want to change anything. They just want to take the hormones. They don't want surgery or anything like that. They just want to. You know, take hormones, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and keep it moving. All of these things are fine. Um, and so, it, you know, you get, before you have any any augmentation at all, you have to go through, like, years of therapy. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that if you have um, one family member one parent that is supportive um, your suicide rate drops by 95 percent good did you catch that i did i did okay 95 percent. my screen my screen is frozen again yeah um <sighs> the so here's the thing, like I, people, adults and consenting adults or whatever, you guys can do what you want to do. I don't think that it's a good situation where within five meetings, a teenager can receive puberty blockers before the age of 18. I don't think that's a good thing. I mean, adults are going to do what they want to do. That's whatever. It's none of my business. So, and like you said, so do, it's very personal, you, and everyone can do what they want to do. I don't have a problem. Are puberty blockers permanent? Do they cause permanent like, damage? Yes. Clinically. Cause permanent damage. Puberty blocking in and of itself is not, but when taken for extended periods of time, absolutely causes permanent damage. 
So the best example for that is the, is the best example for that is the uh, famous UK uh, individual by the name of Jazz Jennings, who took puberty blockers for I think since fourteen to like seventeen or eighteen, so over the period of like three or four years, and then uh, went to fully transition. But was not able to because of the damage done to this individual's body. So I'm reading this thing right here uh, that says medical treatment may include administration of gonadotropin releasing hormone agonists. These hormones can safely suppress puberty by blocking the production of principal sex hormones, estrogen, and testosterone. Fully reversible. This treatment gives young people time to achieve greater self-awareness of their gender identification and, if, when appropriate, our experts may administer cross-gender sex hormones. So, um, like... Maybe they got a bad batch? I don't know what this new chemical is. There. <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, you know... I just know what happened to this person. There are... There are... The, these things be are... They just they discovered these puberty blockers because um, <clears throat> there are lots of kids that uh, that get pu hit puberty too early. Mm -hmm. um, I know one right now, um, but um, nine year old nine years old is developing boobs. That's um, terrible, and. She, she's uh, not mentally ready for it, and so they, her parents are putting her on um, puberty blockers, and and so just to kind of stave that off until she's mentally prepared for that. Mm -hmm. um, well, and I like like in that instance, yeah, that's good. That nine years old is way, 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 way too early. Right, but I, I mean, but that's what I'm saying is, it's, uh, I mean, and there, you know, we can get into why that is happening more and more often, because it is happening more and yes, more often. Yes, it is. It's definitely um, happening more often. Yay, hormones. Yeah, so, um, it says, I mean, the for transitioning, um, but the, the standard medical treatment for gender dysphoria is transitioning. Mm -hmm. Now, there is no specific order for the steps that you take or other requirements for behavioral health evaluation. Um, use of presenting full-time one's chosen gender identity for one year before the genital procedures unless there's a medical reason or otherwise prevents meeting these requirements there's no order for that but they do have to happen um, behavioral evaluations um, making sure that somebody's you know emotionally prepared for the possibility of complications um, being able to you know you're gonna have to go to the pharmacy like you said they have to take drugs my point is, and there are lots of other things that go along with this, is 
I want people to feel good about themselves. Yeah. And I'm and 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 at the end of the day, know, I do too. I really do, and that's that's the thing. Like, my my whole point that's isn't to, what it to make people feel bad about themselves, right? It's that it's I don't believe it's a good long term solution. And I know that you've got the studies and the sciences and all the the data you can find on the on Google because that's what they're going to show me, right? Like when I search specific things on Google and, and I work like, like if I search, if I search like, hey, uh, transgender from adolescence on like Google versus Bing versus DuckDuckGo and other search engines and the exact same phrasing, I'm getting different results. And so like if, if I search detransition on Google, Bing, DuckDuckGo, I'm getting different results. And and the thing is, is that like the studies that I can find on on other areas, uh, or on other search engines are are very different. You know, I was able to find one document here that says like uh, it's got a count of different studies, and it says between sixty and ninety percent, and and the studies performed, and it's got a list of them, between sixty and ninety percent of trans kids no longer are trans by adulthood. But I couldn't find that data on Google. Right? That's not mm-hmm. that's not the the message. That's not like and, and the thing is it's like all this data is all encompassing and it, it really have to take a hard look at all of it. And the that's, idea that's that why it says that's why it says that it gives you time. Right. To explore whatever whatever. Yeah. To explore like it all. I, I think that's, that's I think that's kind of the point. And I, I think it's more important that and, and I and I wish I wish that the, the science would, would go this way. And this is this is where it is because again, because I do draw the parallels between uh, gender dysphoria as the medical term and anorexia. I do draw those comparisons and you can disagree or agree with that or not. I know you disagree, but making someone feel comfortable in their body because at the root of it, at the base of both of those things is that they don't like something about their body. Something that is, is perfectly natural. Um, you know, being at a healthy weight is is seen essentially the same by the anorexic nervosa suffering individual as the gender dysphoria like they don't like something about their body and at the root of the problem that's that's where i draw that connection and i and i wish we could we could focus on that more so than external modifications I wish the policies would go in that direction, drawing but that, that But that's, that's, that's part of it. Um, and it's like a small part. You know, no, if, 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 if no like the a, therapy is the biggest part of all of it, is, is I, making I, people feel good about their bodies. It doesn't come off that way when I'm reading through the research. It does, not, it does not present that way reading through the research that I've seen. And that's, that's my biggest gripe about it. Because Research it, it, jumps into, I, I, it jumps into it jumps into hormone replacement surgery, affirmation surgeries, uh, hor- not hormone replacement surgery, but like hormone replacements, 
the HRT, I guess, is what it's called, and then ultimately leading into SRS. And yes, it does have a lot of of clinical um, portions in there, but say like in, in the United States, uh, uh, an individual can go to one uh, informed consent clinic and sit through the consultation and receive hormone treatment. And, and, and another area it was like, I think it was in Sweden, there's been a lot of work done on, on in this field, is like there's five meetings and like two of them are with the, the uh, psychotherapist and then three of them are with the clinician. And at that point you can get whatever drugs, hormones, replacement. So with two meetings with the therapist. I mean, I, but I think that depends. Right, it depends on the situation. So you, you can, that doesn't mean that's what always happens because again, it's individualized. Yes. And if you've so, if I've been presenting without ever having gone to therapy, and I want to take the next step, and I've been presenting for two years, mm-hmm. and I want to now get on hormones, sure. Because again, it's individualized. Mm-hmm. It is, it's. You know, I, I I think if somebody is having questions or whatever, they're not going to just bump them on hormones. Mm-hmm. That like, I mean, you <laughs> you've got to give people some credit. Like they're not just pumping kids full of fucking shit just because they're like, oh well, at one time I felt like this. It's not how it works. Mm-hmm. But if somebody's been presenting for a long time and then they have, but they have never been able to get to a doctor, or they've never gone to a therapist, or they've never been able to get the medicine because all this shit is not covered, like you have to pay for it, right? Did you know that in the last, I think it was in the last decade, the I don't, I didn't copy and paste it over here. I know it's in one of these articles. Um, I don't want to quote it incorrectly, but it was basically like in the UK in the last 10 years, it's been like a thousand percent increase or something like that. Do you think that's more cultural or? Okay. So I think, um, that's that's less than 18. I think it's more accepted now, um, than it has been ever. Um, and I know that the that the it upsets the turfs because the uh, they're 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 losing their lesbians. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that. Go ahead. That's, uh, uh, one of the uh, one of the articles I read from a from a a clinician who deals with detransitioners talks about like the loss of structural and social support both in person and online because of uh, these individuals who who have detransitioned have basically been like completely ostracized from old friends and things like that and in the case of the author of this article she describes her clientele as well most of them come back to me as the butch lesbian 
types and all my all my clients are female were female to male that have detransitioned and basically now come out as lesbians and and so it's interesting you say that because i i had other information there anyway please continue Um, (laughs) i'm just saying it's i think it's a lot more socially acceptable and you know so if you feel a certain way or you've always felt a certain way people are probably being more comfortable with who they are mm-hmm. which I, I think I see as a good thing I think being comfortable with with what what you are or what you feel you are I think it's I think that's like the um, that's probably the most important thing yeah and so I think that's why the the numbers have jumped up because it's more accepted and it is, uh, it's not as um, taboo as as it has been forever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think that's I, again. That's probably. Yeah, I don't have a problem with people doing what they want and what they feel like. I really don't. And I'm, it's not where I'm. It's not where I'm trying to go with this. Like the the concern that I have. I lost you again. Uh, I stopped talking. I was saying that the uh, the concern that I have is You're frozen. Oh. The concern that you have is the the maintaining of of high suicide rates and and the comorbidities with depression and other symptoms that go along or or sometimes go along with with people suffering from mental distress um you know there have been been many studies uh one article i pulled up that was actually like one of the the uh transadvocate.com um but even this article mentions like overall mortality for sex reassigned persons is higher during follow-up at 95% than for controls of same sex birth. And that's particularly death from suicide. Uh, sex reassigned persons also had a risk for increased risk for suicide attempts at 95% and, uh, and psychiatric inpatient care. So they've got suicide attempts and inpatient care as like the same designation i guess in this particular article but it's like i don't know like you said it's extremely personal to the individual and i'm not trying to step on any of that it just strikes me as as disingenuous to look at these numbers and to look at the outcomes and still say that this is the number one way to treat people. That's kind of where I'm at. I, 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 I understand, but again, I think it's all personal and it's all individualized. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this, uh, this other study that goes from... 1972 to 2017 um 
you may have already looked at it. But the significant outcomes are suicide, death, risk, and trans people did not increase over time. Is it from the Swedish guy from 17, 2017? Uh, it says Scandinavia. Scan- okay. Um, maybe. Um, I might have seen that one. Anyway, please continue. So, tra- trends in suicide, death, risk, and transgender people results from Amsterdam Cohort of Gender Dysphoria Study. That's the name of the study. Um, suicide deaths occurred in every stage of transitioning, and suicide death risk is higher in trans people than in the general population. Um, I do think that the further we progress as a society, um, that those numbers will go down. Mm-hmm. As, it, as it becomes more normalized, um, People aren't freaked out about it as much as they have been. I think I, I really do think those numbers get better. Um, we'll see, obviously. Um, so out of 8,263 people, 49 suicides and 41 were trans women and eight were trans men. Um, oh, and the age of first visit is 31. Like the oh. average age? Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, that's a, that's... Yeah. Well, it was, it was interesting reading through one of the message boards. Um, I was reading through Transgender Pulse. Uh, conversation, information on treatments and stuff. One of these posts here, just kind of seeing what the the community had to say about it, and it was very interesting. And then, like you said, it's all it's all extremely personal. It's all, hey, here's what worked for me. You know, the the community itself seemed very supportive of each other. I'm hundred percent behind that. Everybody needs the love. Um, on another topic, on another note um one of the things that i saw for parents um with kids was actually like limiting broke up again yeah no our internet's terrible today um but one of the things i saw for like parents hey there can you hear me yes 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 so so while this affirming message board expresses a lot of care and concern for each other who are feeling the same way one of the things that i saw for like parents was actually limiting like online time like if you if you had a a child who was beginning to explore change transgendered thoughts and gender dysphoria or whatever else um it was like and it was like, and you don't want this to happen. A, like, love and support your kid. Because if you if you shut them down, they'll leave you forever. Like, and you're not going to get them back. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. You know, like, parents who shut out kids, like, well, that just seems a terrible idea in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, an, another thing was, it was like, you can, like, they're teenagers, so... 
they're going to like push back on you no matter what. But one of the more interesting points I, I saw was like limiting online time. And it was both from the, the, uh, an affirmation standpoint as well as uh, despair standpoints. And it pointed to um, an article that was like the fourth teen suicide in an area where like these kids had all been communicating on message boards and it was like, it pointed to, I'll, I'll pull it up. I can show you what it was. Um, da, 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 da. This, was it this one? Yeah, this one. Let's pull it up side by side. It was this story right here. From San Diego. And it was basically how like limiting the online time can remove also negative influences Oh wow, yeah. I think if you have if you have a kid that's struggling with depression, removing or cutting back on online time uh, greatly could help. Yeah, just any like, any sort of issue like that. Yeah. I agree with that absolutely. Like if a and kid is like, struggling, and it was like, yeah, when you cut off the online time, go outside and do something. Like, do something together as a family. Like, and like, well, you should do that anyway, but. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go do things as a family. See, I mean, one of the things that we do and is really, really important to me is we do eat dinner as a family every single night. Like, and know that. We leave the TV on just for background noise, but but there is, uh, you know, no phones, you know, no headphones. Uh, you you need to be here. Yep. Um, I have to have noise because I don't like the sound of my own chewing <laughs> or other people's chewing. So yeah, we we, uh, we we turn on Pandora on our phones for that because. That's that's a that's a must. That's a that's a we have to do that. We're gonna do that, regardless of what night of the week it is. Mm-hmm. So, and we have dinner late. Like we, it's just what it is. Because that's we're gonna have dinner together. So, yeah. um, adjust your schedule accordingly. Have a snack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, in any case, like I said, I don't. I don't come at this from like uh, any sort of like hatred or disgust or whatever. It's, it's, it really is like, and, and the, you know, you mentioned pity because that's the word I used earlier, but it's not so much like for the individual, but it's for specifically treatments that I see presented as, as like the only options from, the clinical studies that I've seen. Um, you know, I, I don't want anyone to hate themselves. I don't want anyone to hate their body. Um, okay. So, I mean, that's, that's where I am. And it's, it's not like, you know, I don't look down on people. I don't, you know, whatever. But the, 
I think, you know, my, my fear is, is that years from now, we're going to look back at, at the, the treatment options available. And it's going to be in the same vein as like how we look back at like the 1920s and 30s lobotomies. Everybody, everybody in the, everybody in the centers were getting the lobotomies because that was the cool new thing to do to, to, to patients in the asylums. Um, that's that's my fear, and we're, we're going to look back on it like leeches, <laughs> like. I I don't think so, and and because there's the, we've come a long way, here, from, just killing these people outright. I mean. <laughs> You know, there have always throughout history been people that present differently. I mean, we, we all know what what ancient Greece was like, <laughs> right? So um, I think, I do think that, that um, processes will get better um, and, and the therapies and the things of that line because we're always going to grow. But I don't think that we're going to stop mm-hmm. um, letting people you think, you think present we'll get to how the they want to We're like, hey, we've, we've cloned a body for you, and, <laughs> and we've made all the cells in this body female, and so now you can truly have a female body. We're just going to move your brain over to this one. Wouldn't that be a day? That'd be pretty cool. Would be pretty cool. Let's get space travel first, because then no one's gonna die either. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. I'm gonna cut it here. All right, that sounds good. All right. I'll see you next week. All right, man. Bye. Right, bye. Thank you for watching this episode of Bro Partisan Hacks with Reese and Rob. We really, really appreciate you watching, tuning in. If you like this video, please hit the like button. Please subscribe to us. Uh, we're putting out content as often as we can. Share it with your friends. Get it out there. Get, a, get our names out there. Also, hit that bell. Tap that bell right there so that you can get updated when we put out a new video. Rob and I are trying to pump these videos out as often as we can. However, we both have day jobs and we have family, so our, our schedules uh, have to line up so that we can make a new video. Speaking of our, uh, our day jobs, our opinions and views expressed are our own and in no way represent those of our respective employers. Thank you. Thanks again for watching.